Hello, welcome. It's happening. We're here. It's Wellbeing with Manny, and Wellbeing with Manny in conversation is what you're about to listen to. So, I just wanted to say a massive thank you. If you are tuning in right now, then you are saying to me, I'm interested and I want to be part of this community, and you are so welcome. So, just really briefly, I wanted to introduce the whole well-being with money in conversation thing to you and where it came from. So the idea really came in lockdown. I wanted to retrain as a well-being coach. I've always been super passionate about looking after people um, and just having gorgeous conversations with people about life um, is something I really, really enjoy doing. And during lockdown, I'd been having a conversation each week with my very good friend, Matt Mills, who is the first conversation you're going to hear today, which is very exciting. And I think I just flippantly said, gosh, this conversation is gorgeous. I wish I was recording it. And I just said to him, if I do record it, you're going to be the first guest I record. And true to my word, he was. So really, it came out of that. I want to make people feel part of something. I want to hopefully inspire people with some of the conversations that we have and make people feel less alone. That's really what it's about. So I hope you enjoy each week this gorgeous, wholesome conversation that I have with someone different each week. Whether you work within the arts or not, you are absolutely welcome here. And Again, thank you for being here. Thank you for your time. And thank you for being part of what I hope will be a lovely growing community of people who want to listen and be involved with Wellbeing with Manny in conversation with. Here's the show. Hello and welcome to Wellbeing with Manny in conversation with. What we listen to and hear throughout the day can shape how we feel. If we feed and nourish our soul with wholesome conversations from everyday people, filled with positivity and stories that people can relate to, you may feel less alone and even inspired. We're all working through stuff, and sometimes you need to hear conversations that have failures, successes, and everyday struggles. Wellbeing with Manny, in conversation with, is listening to others talk about how they have journeyed through life so far, including some top tips for you to take away. Welcome to Wellbeing with Manny, in conversation with, it's Matt Mills. Hi, Matt. Hello. Yeah, I'm hi. I'm good. Thanks so much for joining us today. So um, for those of you that don't know Matt but you should know Matt what do we need to know about Matt Mills? Um, I am a 30 year old actor Um, I've been in the industry since I was 16 so 14 years and uh, yeah I'm I'm done bits and pieces of everything a bit of a jack of all trades master of none so yeah (laughs) that's me. Okay, amazing. Um, and Matt um, obviously well-being with um, Manny is all about how we navigate life how we journey through life thinking about those moments that we take for ourselves, thinking about Mm. our well-being um and how we just journey through thinking how we can make small changes um so what i'd love to know to start with is how do you keep on top of your well-being how do you keep that in check a big question (laughs) but how loaded really loaded but yeah Um, just if you want to share with us (laughs) Um, okay, uh, how do I check in with my well-being? I think the best way to do it, I, I'm quite introspective anyway as a person, 
So when things happen or things are happening around me, I try to be cognizant of what is happening around me in the present moment um, and check in with myself every couple of days just to see how I'm feeling. Um, and also understanding that it is normal and natural to have negative feelings because it, there's such a, you know, people talk about, you know, like toxic this and toxic that and toxic everything else. I think toxic positivity is something that needs to be tackled too. Um, because I was like, no, you've got to be positive. And I love people who are positive all the time. And it's like, that is not realistic to life. Um, it's not realistic to our broad range of emotions. And, we're, you know, we're both, we're both actors. We're both very creative people. So we're very aware of the spectrum of our emotions, um, probably more than most. And um, negativity is part of the equilibrium, is part of the balance of, of, of having a good, a good uh, psyche. Um, so I think, you know, having negative, having negative thoughts and negative emotions and stuff, it's always questioning why and trying to give yourself a level of perspective when those negative times come around and, and try and understand why you feel the way you feel and what you are feeling at the time. Um, and then the positive stuff, just really enjoy it. I think there's a there's a there's an inherent guilt to be kind of sitting back and going I'm really happy right now yeah oh yeah but something wrong will come it's like immediate like doomsday preparation <laughs> like things are going too good right now yeah it's like enjoy the moments where you are happy and enjoy the people that bring you the most joy and enrich your life and enrich your soul and I think that's what I try and do with my, you know, checking with my well-being. I think it's trying to maintain an equilibrium. I understand that that balance is going to be equal every every day. Yeah. Um, but taking each day as it comes and understanding the challenges that come your way, and also trying to adapt to the ones that you don't see coming. Yeah. Um, and and through that, you know, and and finally, just taking the deepest breath. Yeah. It's the deepest, most clearing breath. It, it slows everything down, and it just allows you to kind of go, okay. Let's prioritize what we need to do for the day, work through it. Um, and also meditation. Meditation is another one. I meditate every night. Yeah. Um, and I meditate a lot of the time before I perform as well. Mm. Um, it just helps for me to decompartmentalize my thoughts, you know, because you, you go into work and you know this, you go into work, you go into stage and you're like, oh, I'm feeling this way today, but you've got to play characters you're really happy or the, you know, so it, it helps to decompartmentalize. So that's how I check it. That's why I keep Amazing. Yeah, I love that. I just wanted to pick up on what you said about um, toxic positivity, because I think that's mm. that's a really interesting um, subject, because obviously, yeah. you know, starting something like what, you know, a well-being channel and, and talking about that, you can hear a lot of people saying, you know, you know, wishing you love and luck into your day and all of that. And I think some mm. of those positive affirmations when you see them are really, really nice. But yeah, absolutely. I think I think for me where it's really changed is when someone shares something with you um, that maybe mm. isn't so positive and you're kind of like, you know, your the advice you give to somebody or you, the advice you hear is just you can get on with it. It's fine. You know, you, you'll be all right. And actually, when you're going through something that's quite difficult, mm. that kind of come on, you you know, we, we can just pick ourselves up and move on and or, or mm. that, that kind of just not hearing what someone's saying I think is what is as fed into a bit of an issue you know with with that way of talking would you what, what yeah. would you say I agree with that I think there's this idea of like if I just give you positive vibes mm. everything will be, it will okay. be okay or if I tell you to be positive I mean oh my god yeah I'm positive now amazing and, and I don't have any fine. issues anymore 
<laughs> yeah, and um, you know, one of the things that I have tried to practice recently is a thing called sonder. And sonder is understanding and, and being cognizant of the fact that everyone's living their own very complex, crazy life in which they are the main character, just like you. And it's changed the way I speak to people. It's changed the way I see people. It's changed the way I, I perceive life. So when people come to me with a problem, I try to hear them like they're the main character that they're viewing themselves as in that current situation. And I'm not saying that in kind of like an egocentric kind of way. Everyone likes to view themselves as the main character of their story, it's true. Um, and if someone comes to me and says, I'm really going through it right now, what's wrong? Talk to me. And just being there is enough. The positivity that comes from that is knowing that someone is there, mm. knowing someone has your back, knowing that they genuinely care. Like for example, so we were talking pre this recording and I lost my cousin recently. Mm. And my cousin is the person who was the example for me for performing. She's one of the reasons why I have the work ethic I have. She's one of the reasons why I've pushed myself as far as I've got. And, you know, I've finally kind of made it to some type of uh, height of my career, I guess. Um, and for the first time ever in the last five years, the last six years, sorry, I have lost four very important people to me. And it was, took the fourth person for me to actually take time away from work to mm. grieve and to process the shock of them going. Mm. And I realized in that time a few things. Number one, why haven't I done this sooner? Um, mm. <laughs> because, you know, again, we were talking about like the inherent guilt of our industry of that if you don't turn up, or you don't have a valid enough reason for not being there, you are letting people down. Yeah. And I would, I would retort with, if, I, if I'm not the best of myself presenting at the best level of my industry thus far, why am I on that stage when there are other people who are the best of themselves in that point and can do that role and I can take time to recharge, realign, heal, find balance, equilibrium, whatever you want to call it. And that's how I'd always retort. If I can't bring the best of myself, what am I doing there? Yeah. Um, because, you know, like you said, it's enough. Sometimes you need to hear that you're just doing your best. Yeah. If I can't even do that, then I need to take some time to find where I am and what it means to me, what, what I'm going through and what it means to me and then how, how we move forward from that and mm -hmm. find the positivity and find the, um, the happiness of life again and the positive side of life. Uh, and she, you know, she passed away two weeks ago on Monday mm -hmm. and I went back. To, so it was weird. I had four, like four days off. Mm -hmm. I went back to work and I didn't feel like myself and everyone knew that. And they were so positive and so lovely because that when I'm saying they were so positive, they were just there. Like, if you need me, I'm here. If you need to talk, I'm here. If you need just someone to listen on the other end of the phone, I'm here. And, um, you know, I'm sending you love. Take all the time you need. That's the best advice. Yeah. You don't feel rushed in your grieving process. You don't feel compared. Well, you know, Lucy lost someone last week and she was fine after two days. Yeah. There's no kind of comparison to your to your own personal intrinsic experience. Yeah. Um, so yeah, have, having that time and having that 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 room to kind of process the emotions you're going through mm -hmm. and then find a way through that emotion. And it's not a hundred percent okay, but 
I'm good enough to be myself again and still hurt a bit. Yeah. You know, I, I went back on, on Monday and I felt like myself again for the first time in two weeks. Mm. Really felt like me again. I went on stage, I felt comfortable. I felt like I'm meant to be here and this is where I need to be right now. And I enjoyed that moment of, of, of real joy and happiness and elation. Mm-hmm. Um, rather than kind of being in a place where I feel like I've rushed myself to come back to do a job that I feel guilty for leaving. Mm-hmm. Um, and sometimes you need to step away and take a step yeah. back and gain perspective to really appreciate what you do mm-hmm. every day and appreciate life and yeah. appreciate the people in your life and, 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 and joy and happiness and all the fantastic mm-hmm. stuff that life has to offer. Matt, thanks yeah. for sharing that. That's, you know, a really personal story. And, and I'm so sorry for all your losses. And especially, you know, with your cousin, because that's really recent. Um, you know, it means a lot for you to share that. You know, there'll be other people who are, are going through the same. Something that I was just thinking then was about uh, how you, you said it's okay to sit with that for a bit. And I think that's something that perhaps people don't do enough when we feel uncomfortable we don't want to sit with it and actually sometimes it's really important to sit with it and to let it in whether that's dealing with grief or um feelings of you know feeling a bit down whether that's just a small period of your life or 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 Mm. feeling something a bit more than that actually leaning into it can sometimes be really helpful that's that's you know that that's my understanding and that's been my experience as well with it is mm. that sometimes um trying to move forward from it really quickly can set you back like you say you needed to take some time and you realize that would, mm. would you agree with that yeah, absolutely mm. absolutely yeah. yeah and um w- one thing that i was going to ask you about and um you know i know that you said it was okay to talk about it was you know awesome. kind of major life event that happened a few years ago that really meant um some upheaval and some real mindset change for you do you want to just give us a a little rundown of of what happened to you yeah so um so two and a half years ago now yeah it was yeah it's in april two and a half years ago um i had an ischemic stroke um i had a blood clot on the left hand side of my brain which affected the right hand side of my body and i couldn't feel my right arm and my right leg happened random one random Sunday morning and uh, I was just on the phone to my mom I was going to meet her for brunch because I was on tour at that time and we were in Bradford um and uh yeah I was like yeah mama I'll, I'll see you at like two o'clock like it's fine it's good it's fine and I got off the phone and I felt really sleepy I was like oh man I, you know it's been a tough week anyway and it's it, you know tour is very intense for those who don't know tour is very intense because you're picking up your life and moving you know bi-weekly and if you're lucky monthly, but um, it's either bi-weekly <laughs> or weekly and uh, you don't really set up your life. You kind of make shift what you're doing and then move somewhere else. And it's very, ta- it is very taxing. So anyone who goes see people on tour, please be cognizant of that. They're fantastic people who go on tour and they're a special type of people um, to, to, to bring something to every city and keep that consistency going. Um, but yeah, back to me. So <laughs> the, uh, the, the the, the the stroke happened um I, I realized something was wrong when I literally fell out of bed like a sack of potatoes fell straight to the floor and I was like this is not good as you know as a as a as a person who uses his body a lot you become very aware of what's right what's wrong with it and not being able to feel it is like worst nightmare for any type of physical mover or performer 
Um, pulled myself up onto the bed, grabbed my phone, called 999, called my friend because I was staying at his house, but he was, so it's his house, but he went to go stay at his, his, uh, his parents. He needed to do some work on their house that night, funny enough. And um, yeah, he rushed around, made sure I was okay, went to the hospital, found out I had a stroke. And I was in hospital for two days, weirdly enough. You want to think it, you think it'd be longer. Um, I was 27 at the time. I was 27 at the time. And uh, it's weird because, like, you're in this ward full of people who seemingly have so much more wrong with them than me, or visibly wrong. You know, yeah. some people have, like, you know, really massive indentations in, in, their, in their cranium and stuff like that. It was, it was, it was an experience genuinely um she kind of sat there and I'm just like I can't feel my right side like what is this and the things start rushing through your head what does this mean for my lifestyle what does this mean for my career um you know I I just started dating my my current girlfriend um and I was like she just is not going to want any of this and I I'm going to go through this on my own um which I was wrong about I was very wrong about uh, I never forget, I sat down with her, not sat down with her, but she, I, it, was, it was one night we were on the phone, it was the first night I was in the hospital, and I sat with her and I said, look, I know you're talking to me and we're having this back and forth and stuff, and I, I really like you, but this is going to be a lot. I don't know what it's going to mean for me, but if you don't want this, I understand, and you can leave. I get it, and I, there'll be no ill will or ill feeling, you know, we're two weeks into what could possibly be a relationship? She's like, I was never going to go anywhere. Why would you say that? And I was just like, wow, okay. <laughs> so, you know, so, so that type of conversation really helped. Um, but like I said, I would have I I hold nothing against it. I really wouldn't. I would have understood. Um, so the next day, the doctors come in and they go, right, so, not, um, you know, they do, the, they do the kind of usual tests test kind of like feeling resistance all that type of stuff mm -hmm. the doctor looked me in the face and said okay so you're 27 good shape good weight there's nothing we've done all the tests on your diabetes everything and you have nothing we can't figure out why this has happened I said wow okay and then um I said so how long is it going to be till I can get back to work will I be able to walk again will I be able to so I was firing out all these questions my brain was trying to order trying to gain some level of control in a situation mm -hmm. where I had none and he said, right, so yes, you will be able to walk again. You will get feeling back in your thing, like all this type of stuff, it kind of reassuring me. And I said, okay, what's the time frame?" He said, we're thinking about 12 to 13 weeks. I said, okay, when can I walk again? You know, because like the 12, 13 weeks was like when you should be feel like, okay, and everything. When can I walk again? Because if I can walk, I can run. If I can run, I can dance. That's my brain. Yeah. So he said, oh, maybe about, you know, eight weeks and stuff. I said, how quick is the recovery going to be between now and eight weeks time? I said, you'll get most of everything back within six weeks, but it'll feel heavy, a bit lethargic, this, that, and the other. I said, okay, so eight weeks of time from now, I will be back on a stage. And he was like, well, what is it? no, eight, I'm not asking you. I'm telling you in eight weeks time, I'm going to be back on a stage. That's it. Mm. And I was crying, but I was like, so like, and uh, yeah, they, we, we, we met with a, with a, with a, um, a, a physiotherapist and they made me walk up and down the stairs. I could barely do that. I mean, I was hobbling. Mm. This is someone who's doing, you know, 
double pirouettes and, and, and doing all these different types of dance routines on all these different types of stages across, across the country was, you know, I was hobbling, I could barely make it to the toilet without, you know, thing. And I, I wouldn't take a cane and I wouldn't take this and I wouldn't take that. I was stubborn. I was like, I want to learn how to do this. I'm going to learn how to, how to make this work. So we went back and um, I, I stayed with my mom. She was with, a, with her boyfriend at the time. He lived in a, in a, um, in a, in a, in a complex, a flat council state complex. And I was staying there and did my recovery there. So I sat down and I was thinking, All right, okay, how can I do this? Because they were like, physio is going to take about three months for you to get physio. Yeah. I went, I thought, I went I'm sorry, what? Three months for you to, take, to, to get physio. I said, All right. Thank you. I'm gonna to have to learn how to do this myself. Put that on the phone. So the first thing I did was um, try to get dexterity back in my hands. This is one of the things where it was just like I, I need order in 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 a way to kind of get on on the path to progress. You know. Mm -hmm. So I sat down and I wrote myself a plan. And this is something I've done every single time I've come to some type of juncture in my life where I've had to make decisions. Mm -hmm. It's either fight or flight. And I always decide to fight. But within that fight, it has to have an order. It has to have some level of mini milestones, incremental progress for me to get to, the, to, to where I need to be. So I called my mum's um, godson, he's a PT. And I said, look, I need to do these exercises to strengthen this side of my body. And I need to be back on a stage in eight weeks. And that's, that's happening with or without your help. And I'd like your help. He said, of course, I'll help you. So I met three times with Curtis Rock, absolute legend. Um, and I met with him three times a week. And on days I wasn't meeting with him, I challenged those stairs. So everyone else was taking a lift and stuff. I said, no, I'm going to walk up and down these stairs. So I had one flight and two flights, three, four, five, six, seven. I was walking up seven flights of stairs a day. Um, and then it was me running up those stairs. Then it was me missing stairs to get up them stairs and then it was me doing leg presses and this and the other it was a full-on rocky training montage okay <laughs> that was just doing was, in my head I was oh like, yeah <laughs> absolutely <laughs> oh yeah absolutely it was all of that um yeah. but no it was uh, it was it was a very like uh it was very trying time I'm not gonna lie one of the things was it was just the little things like being able to kind of walk around the flat was a stressful effort. Being able to sit yeah. down was a stressful effort. It was like I couldn't, my right side was moving through the, the slickest of oil slick. Yeah. And my left side was moving through water, clear water. And that's how it felt. So it was just this really weird imbalance. I talked a lot of, in the start of this about equilibrium. Yeah. So this really messed with me in terms yeah. of physicality and also mentally, and I guess spiritually as well. Um, and then, yeah, in eight weeks time, I did exactly what I said I would. And I was back on the stage. Um, Why do you think yeah. that kind of, I'm going to do like, you know, a medical professional says to you, it's going to mm. be a 12 week minimum recovery. You'll mm. get feeling back around six weeks. Uh, what, what is it about you that goes in eight weeks, I'm going to be back on stage. Where does that come from, do you think? Where does that drive, determination, grit, hard work, where does it come from? It, simple answer, it comes from being raised by women who grew, or who, who, who existed in a man's world. Okay. It, it, you know, my, my mother, single parent, black woman, working in 
a predominantly white male environment and being told she couldn't do stuff and proving them wrong time and again. A grandma who came over in the latter half, latter part of the Windrush generation, yeah. worked in a factory every day, provided for three kids, um, went through a huge amount of domestic violence, mental manipulation, uh, mental health issues because of that, and still, still was the nicest, kindest, most empathetic human being you could ever meet. My cousin Leonora, who took herself from Chapel Town in Leeds, which if you know Chapel Town, it's a lot. Yeah. Took herself to Harlem, worked with Alvin Ailey, worked with, um, you know, opened Tarzan on Broadway as a choreographer, did Memphis in West End, yeah. um, worked on Lion King for years, is a respected um, professional dancer from everywhere in the world. Yeah. I've had examples of people who have seen what challenges life gives them yeah. and decided I'm not going to have that I'm going to meet every challenge with grace and humility and a determination and an indom indomitable will and I'm going to triumph because that's all I know how to do I think having those examples you can't not be defiant in the face of, of, yeah. of adversity you can't you 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 can't see people succeed where they shouldn't have and not want to do the same you would never wish the challenges upon yourself but if they do come around it's it's about facing them facing them head on and, and anything I've ever been scared of I've just charged it very yeah. animalistic I know but it's I will charge it and think about it later and and um I, I'm glad I've had that mm. it, it's it's kept me alive it, yeah. it's kept me alive mm. genuinely um, there must have been yeah. some some moments as well during that where you thought I I can't do this. There must have been yeah. more than yeah. moments, so many moments. Yeah. No matter how much you have that grit and determination, you have those amazing inspirational women in your life who'd shown mm. you the path. This is how you mm. do it. Mm. Even at those darkest moments of what if I never, you must have played the what if game so many times for yourself. How, 1000%. How did you how did you crawl out of that? You know, how how does that turn into I'm going to be walking these steps, running these steps, missing a step, charging up these you know, these kind of mm. flat steps. How does that how do you get there? I think one of the best things for me that that's always been there is is gaming. Gaming gaming is a is a escapism that I've always loved. Mm -hmm. um, because it's a storytelling medium, which I love being an actor. I, I love different storytelling mediums. It's interactive and it's also a power fantasy. Mm. When you have no control in your life where you are currently at, gaming for me gave me a power fantasy that I could live through. Mm. So there's a game I was playing and it's, a, it's an RPG. So it's a role-playing game, which if you could pick any type of game to play in a time where you don't have power, Let's role play a person who is far too powerful. Yeah. So in this game, you build up the character, you build up their, their, their prowess, their strength, their endurance, their stamina, their speed, and their focus. And I viewed myself as a kind of, it's kind of like my residual self of image. It was kind of like, I'm projecting to this character what I want to be and a version of myself that I want to become. And in those dark days, I played that game. Mm. 
Mm. And there's different things you can do. You can find gear, different weapons, different pieces of armor and stuff. And if you look at them as the metaphors they are, weapons to fight something that's in front of you and armor to keep yourself protected. There's metaphors in every single thing you do in life. There's the things to be found, but that was my metaphor for my progress. Mm. Um, and I, I projected onto that. I, I think other times where I had to be alone with my thoughts and I had to turn off the PlayStation, I had to turn off the TV. Meditation helped a lot. Mm. Meditation helped a lot. Um, taking time to just really sit in those places mm. and find light for myself because no one else can do it for you. Yeah. There are people who can help you. Shrinks, everything like that. And I would encourage anyone to get therapy break the stigma of therapy having someone to talk to absent of you know them not being your friend or your family member which they are also fantastic and they're brilliant and they're a brilliant comfort blanket and a support network but therapy is something that you can um you can have someone who's impartial mm. to your entire life experience and help you figure out how to find light in those dark places too um but it's always a it's it, it's a I, I found that was always my decision when I was in those dark moments where can I find the light and it's not about whoa let's be positive yeah let's do this like it's not it's not about that it's about I'm still here and I'm still breathing mm. I'm meant to be here for a reason mm-hmm. and the only the only way I the, the only way I know how to find that reason is to channel it through something I love and what I love is the arts. What I love is being able to express with my body, story tell and, 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 and inspire in, in, in certain respects. Yeah. And that's through, through, through the love of that, through the projection of, of an escapist power fantasy, and then also determination, hard work and remembering lessons my mum taught me. Mm. And Leonora taught me and my grandma taught me or remembering what I've seen them go through all those things together helped me heal mm. um, physically mentally was longer the mental the mental of that was longer um, there was almost phobias that I had so when I had my stroke it was 10 o'clock I was scared to wake up after 10 o'clock little things like that mm. you know it was stuff that I had to break being in a house on my own because I was in a house on my own when it happened these were things that I had to work through and really sit down and consolidate why I feel the way I feel mm-hmm. in that moment and throwing positivity at it. It's an, it's, an, it's an ingredient. It's kind of like saying, you know, the thing that will make all meals better is mayonnaise. <laughs> and it's like, yeah, but no, 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 get the mayonnaise out and just squirt it all over the plate. So then you've just got mayonnaise and one solitary chip that is just bathing in this and it's like you've ruined my meal there's mm. no balance here yeah. it that's what that's what toxic positivity, positivity is like to me it's it's throwing one thing at it and think it will make everything better it's like yeah. no it's part of the dish or the mosaic of, of of your thoughts feelings emotions and the breadth of that and the depth of that and, and exploring either side of that kind of dimension so yeah, long answer, but yes. Oh, it's amazing. And, uh, you know, just hearing you, you know, being 27, having a stroke and coming through mm. it 
with such determination. It's just, it's incredible. You're just absolutely amazing. There's just a little thing that I want to pick up on as well, because um, mm. I do hear from quite a lot of people who find meditation quite difficult. They find the word meditation quite difficult. Yeah. And um, <laughs> I wonder, you know, and especially in the kind of busy lives that we lead at the moment, the, the best, and I mean this in the kindest way, the best excuse is to say we don't have any time. Whereas course, actually yeah. we know that if we can just find a small moment of time for ourselves, it makes a huge difference. So in terms mm. of meditation, what just for anyone who's um, thinking about it, but thinks it's you know not for them, what is, what is your method of meditation? What does that look like to you? Um, well, the reason why I started meditating was because I did it through martial arts. So I, I studied martial arts for seven years. Um, I studied uh, Wadaru Karate. Um, and I got to, to first down by the time I was 14. So first down black belt by the time I was 14. And one of the practices we had um, was for breath control. It's important for all things and stuff like that. And it's just very deep breathing. The way how I think about it and to remove the kind of, oh, I meditate, darling, type of, <laughs> do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Like people like, you know, you associate with like proper like, you know, people who view themselves at this higher level of, of being because they yes. sit there and breathe deeply. That's all it is. About it. Absolutely. And there's this kind of high, almost social capital to, 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 to give us like, oh, I meditate. Oh, really? Do you? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And for me, it's just like, I just take a deep breath mm. and I continue to do so. I just close my eyes and I take a deep breath. And it's, it's that. It's just, it's just taking a deep breath. It's just to hear yourself breathing and hear your life happening. Mm. And just to take a moment in that present moment to just take a step back and give yourself some level of mental clarity and perspective in that moment. And the reason why I say I take a deep breath before I perform is because for however many, you know, we, we, at Tina, we do it. We do a three-hour show. For three hours of our lives, we share ourselves with eighteen hundred people. Eighteen hundred doesn't sound like a lot until you see them in front of you. As I'm preaching the choir with you, but it's kind of me talking to the wider audience, I guess. Sharing yourself with that many people requires a lot of self-projection or character projection or creative projection. Yeah. To, to get across a story, a character, an emotion. And in Tina, there's a breadth of emotions. There's a lot going on. It's a play with songs, really. It's not really like a nah, musical. It's, it's a, you know, it's a play with songs. So taking that deep breath and just grounding yourself in where you are, it allows you to enjoy it. It allows you to bask in it and, and, and really really uh be present in that moment rather than being like I wonder what I look like I wonder how I I wonder I, I, I what if they didn't see that no yeah just breathe like it's that it's just taking that moment to kind of go I'm going to present myself in the truest most authentic version of myself yeah no pretense no Mm. pomp and ceremony just me mm -hmm. and that's going to be enough yeah and that's what those deep breaths do for me yeah. I can't you know I'm not a professional in any of this stuff I'm not a you know a, a health leader or a meditation leader I know people who are yeah. I work with one actually mm -hmm. he's fantastic he's a very zen human being mm 
Mm. But I think, you know, meditation, like I said, it has a high social capital. It's like people take the mick out of you because it's like, oh, I meditate, I bet you do. Um, but it's just deep breathing and closing yeah. your eyes and allowing yourself some mental clarity mm. and some spiritual clarity, I think, as well. And actually, when we start to think about our breath as kind of a bit of a first responder, that's how I see breath, because it, mm. it really is. I mean, how many times when you're on the phone to somebody and they're like really upset and you're like, OK, just calm down, take a breath. You just hear someone say, just be calm, take a breath when someone is in, um, you know, a bit of a state of panic or perhaps mm. um, at worst having a panic attack. One of the, the first things that people say is slow down that breathing for not not everybody that's the right way to go you know mm, it mm. tends to be a real first response thing so yeah I think, I think for me just connecting to to the breath every day is a really important thing and mm. when you've done acting for such a long time as well it's so ingrained in 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 every everyday work for us you know we're yeah. always you know working on 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 our breathing because it's just so vital it is a vital mm. And scientifically, you know, it's like oxygen makes your um, muscles elongate, which allows you yeah. to relax, which allows you to. So what, you know, all, all of that in terms of deep breathing, it just allows your body to lose the tension of, yeah. of what is currently happening. Lower those stress well. levels. Yeah. Yeah. So that's what it is. Look at it like if you if you look at it like that, I think it's a lot easier yeah. to, to get into than it is, you know, meditation for 60 minutes with <laughs> someone who speaks like this. Guys, align your it's like fine you can yeah. get into that side of it and really dive deep into it mm -hmm. but that's not where you have to start with <laughs> you, yeah. can, you can you can start with just breathing it's cool like you know yeah. and and um and not just go okay cool i've done my breath it's it's just a really deep kind of uh breath and just with your eyes closed and just just do that just do that try that if that works for you cool if it doesn't fine that's cool yeah. you know what i mean like it's mm -hmm. horses for courses in that sense but. yeah <laughs> I want to ask you as well for mm -hmm. people who maybe are, you know, relatively good at keeping on top of their well-being, but actually, um, you know, might be thinking there is probably a better place that I could be in. There's probably mm. more that I could do. What would be your top tips for making really small but really effective changes to, you know, your own or someone's well-being? If you were, you know, passing on Matt Mills top tips, what would they be? top five reasons to top uh, five as, from no, that. Um, <laughs> my, my one of my first ones would be just taking yeah like the meditation stuff that the, the meditation stuff take a breath. Before, that would be one mm -hmm. take a breath take a deep breath mm -hmm. um i would also say uh if you are having a bad day have a bad day Yes. Really have a bad day. Lean into like it. just sit down and go, today's gonna be pretty, pretty terrible. And I'm not feeling good about it, but I know that I feel this way. So I just kind of need to take that day and, and 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 then go, okay, tomorrow's a new day. And try and and try and find the the the, the kind of beauty in that. That you get in the, you know, tomorrow's another chance to try again. Yeah. Um I would say do something that makes your soul happy. Whatever that is. Uh, Mine is that. gaming. Yeah. Mine is gaming. I come home, I switch on my PlayStation 5, I switch on my TV and I'm like, let's go. And it's just me to be able to escape where I'm at 
and put myself into somewhere else. you know it's walking a man in somebody else's shoes it's it's a power fantasy it's a whatever you get from whatever i whatever i get from that it makes my soul happy and i know it does yeah i know it does um and also i guess in terms of like self-development and self-improvement never this is a this is not my quote this is a jordan peterson quote which i, I find him very very interesting he's a psychologist um, who's a very, very good debater and, and, and uh, <laughs> very, uh, very straightforward way of putting, but he has some very, very interesting um, uh, things on YouTube. And this is one way he talks about never sacrifice the person you are for the person you could become. Mm. So if there's a chance to better yourself or improve yourself, it's usually on the other side of what you're scared of. Mm. And um, you shouldn't sacrifice where you're comfortably, you know, comfortably currently sat or, or reside in um, to a place where you could you could be better and feel better and and and, um, and get the things that you wish to achieve in your life. Mm. Um, and also, be around people who make your soul happy. Be around people mm. who enrich you. Um, I, I am lucky to be around people like that at work. Mm. Thank God for those people. I think that Def is yeah. A phenomenal but I mean check in with friends check in with even if it's just a, a voice note on whatsapp or um you know a quick call you know you know when my best friend's got kids and there's times where you know it's like I can't speak to you right now I've got to look after you know um your goddaughter I was like gotta look after her go look after her it's cool um whereas like you know and then there are times where he has all the time in the world and we can just talk but just checking in with people who really enrich your soul and will tell you the truth yeah and really really allow you to kind of go you can do this but these are things that need to change mm. you know these yeah. are things that you know you need to get better at. these are things you should consider mm. you know because there's times where I've absolutely held myself back and my friends have told me as such and I, I really, really pride myself on open, clear communication and clarity of communication between people I love. If you can't be honest with them, who can you be honest with? Yeah. Um, so yeah, be, be, be around people who enrich your life and enrich your worldview and give a level of perspective and challenge your ideas. Because giving yourself a level of perspective usually does help in, 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 in darker days. You know, Hannah will come home from work, she's like, oh, this thing and this thing, and ah, and, you know, and, I, you know, and I'll be like, oh, let's talk through it, blow by blow, bit by bit, let's talk about it. Okay, maybe bear in mind that this person was feeling this way at that time, didn't necessarily know how to express themselves, so that's why they took out on you. I'm not invalidating the fact that you're angry or feel this way, but what I'm saying is, is that's that's where they're probably coming from. Yeah. If you at this point in your life feel okay and they've made you feel that way, ask them if they're all right. Because yeah. if it's not you, they probably need someone to talk to. Mm. Mm. You know, it's stuff yeah. like that. It's like it's just sitting down and trying to give yourself a level of perspective and understand yeah. why people react the way they do or speak to you in a way that they do and stuff like yeah. that. So. Yeah, those. I think those have been my top tips. Amazing. Yeah. Perspective is, is helpful and context is, is helpful as well. Yeah. So, yeah. Matt Mills, this has been an absolute joy, an absolute joy. And thank you so much for sharing everything with us. It's, you know, it's so lovely to, to, to hear people talk so honestly. And you've been, been, you know, really generous and shared so much. And I think, you know, for people listening, 
that will really resonate with them. And, you know, it's about everyday people having something to share and something that we can take home. So huge thanks for joining us. No problem. No problem. Thank you for having me. It's You're weird so that people are like, can you, uh, can you, can you just talk about yourself for a bit? Like, <laughs> well, you okay. can. <laughs> um, yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's a weird, it's a weird thing for me. I never mind having these conversations and having these yeah. topics of conversation. They're always really interesting. So. Well, they're amazing. So, yeah. Thank you so much, Matt. No problem. Thank you for being part of this Wellbeing with Manny community. It really means a lot to me that you can spare some of your precious time to listen to these conversations. Please share this episode with anyone you think would benefit from hearing these open and real conversations. And remember, talking is key. Who will you have a conversation with?